Attempt at, at uh, trying to speak uh, Cajun. So there okay. you go, sort of Cajun. You know, wait, wait, wait didn't didn't uh, um, Andy Sam? No, not Andy Sam. Adam Sandler have a his little Cajun. Cajun minute. man. Did he Cajun man? And all he yeah. said was something like, "We are live on this station, broadcasting back from vacation." Vacation. <laughs> Something like that. No more rest and relaxation. <laughs> God, I wish we could go on with this for a while, but I'm I'm just I'm I'm not that good. I'm trying we to could, type and talk. At we could probably go for an hour and a half. We could, if if I weren't talking right now. So. But you are. Uh okay. Um wow, this is really bites. I'm I'm sorry. <clears throat> Welcome to Tribe Radio. This is what happens when you're trying to eat your uh your your meal. And uh, no, I don't want to buy it while I'm talking. Thanks, Buck. Uh-huh. And type, eat, type, and talk on your radio show at the same time. Something's wrong here. I need to focus. So there you go. Um, what are you eating, Bug? What did you make? What Rock. did I make? Why don't you tell me? It's awesome. It's you don't know the name, and that's why you're stalling. I know it's terrible. I've got <laughs> greens and shrimp and rice, and it's in an awesome cream sauce, and I'm devouring it. That's all I know. Wow, you're funny. You're eating uh, shrimp etouffee and greens. That's what I was going to say. I was just testing you to see if you knew. See the if name. I remembered, and I passed because I rock like that. That's right. I rock like that, and I know. But wait, rock. This isn't a Filipino dish. It's not Filipino. Day, dear, it's a, uh, it's Mardi Gras. Hang on, two seconds, audience, because you know that makes for good radio. <laughs> Mardi Gras, Mardi Gras isn't Filipino holiday. Uh, no, it's not. All it should this be. Time. It should be because you know there's food, there's drinking, there's excess, and you know so. Uh, right. Yeah. Actually, you know what, Mardi Gras is one of my. Favorite, favorite holidays to celebrate. Uh, you know, I got to n- head down to New Orleans uh, years ago for the very first time for Mardi Gras. We were down there with, uh, there was a party of 29. We were 29 strong. And uh, we were the cosmic crew of color. Pretty awesome crew. And um, there were several musicians in the uh, in the crew. So wherever we went, they brought the instruments. We had a flipping parade everywhere we went and that's not that's not an exaggeration whenever we wanted to get all dressed up and walk through the streets we had a parade so uh well 29 people that makes a parade hell three people can make a parade if you're loud enough as far as i'm concerned anyway uh so 
you know what? I'm, I'm only talking about that because it's one of my absolute favorites, and we've got some beignets downstairs to eat. If you don't know what a beignet is, actually, that's, that's kind of a good thing because if you're in, in any kind of diet, a beignet is not a good thing to know intimately. Um, that's good for us because there's more for us. You bought a whole box. Did you buy a dozen beignets? <clears throat> I did. A dozen beignets. Because three would have not been enough. Google beignet. Because I could try to wax rhapsodic about the joys of eating a beignet, of, of having one in your hand. But if you Google it, you can see this. this you need to spell that for our... Uh, it's beignet. It's B-E-I-G-N-E-T. Beignet. Yeah. They're fried square puffs of donut type stuff, but they're they're crispier than a donut, and they're drenched in powdered sugar. And when I say drenched, I mean don't wear black when you're eating them. That's no exaggeration. I ate don't them but white. back when I was a gothy type of person, wearing all black, and, and man, that was a big mistake. You were never and I a goth. No, I was a wannabe goth. Oh, wait, I have pictures. I was a wasp. Um, and then, you know what? If you're in Hawaii, they're called malasadas. Because malasada is pretty much a beignet stuffed with cream. Because you know in Hawaii you got to go all mm. crazy good like that. So, um, but it oh. is it is a Mardi Gras and we're what's Fat Tuesday? We're excited. I I love this stuff just because it, it gives us reason to party over here a little bit. Because that's what we like to do, party. Woo! By the way, can you please tell our listen? Well, I'll tell the listeners the chat room is now open. That's right. Thank you. So what you have to do, if, you, if you're online topic. and you're looking um, at your computer and you're obviously looking at the um, Tribe Radio site, scroll down and you can see a little button that says chat room. So you can enter that and then you can just talk all you want. And uh, we read what you say and we answer you, you know, because we're cool like that. We're nice like that. We're cool like that. Um, God, that's really weird that. That that just keeps coming back, that stupid song. But tonight, um, we we could have had a New Orleans Fat Tuesday related show, but I'm just not that smart right now. Uh, we're just fresh back from vacation. Um in fact vacation was just when was it? It was two days ago. Okay. So we're 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 fresh back from that and um we we wanted to do something uh, more important than, than just talking about New Orleans. Although we could have tied it into Maybe, you know, some uh, tourist safety. Because in the Big yeah. Easy, within the first couple of days we were there, someone had their wallet stolen, you know. We know that people got beat up, things like that. So, you know, we'll do that another time. Wow. This but, was before you were Miss Safety, though, huh? It was before I was Miss Safety. It, it and really was. I wasn't was. even there. So, um, no, you weren't there because nobody likes you. I don't like you either. Maybe. You just watch yourself. We're wanted men. I have the death sentence on 12 systems. I'm sorry, once I start F saying up, that... fuzzball. Exactly. I have to finish it because it's, you know, it's yeah. like that whole shaving a haircut. I can't leave it hanging like that. I'm like Roger Rabbit. You're exactly I have to like do that. the two bits. I'm actually a lot more like Roger Rabbit than you are. I think you're more like Jessica. I, I wish I were more like Jessica or at least right now. You're drawn that way. I, I'm... I can't even blame being drawn that way for how bad I am. Um, anyway, there you go. Um, okay, I'm going to stop trying to type and talk at the same time. Okay. Yeah. We're excited tonight. By the way, if uh, you're just tuning in, welcome to Tribe Radio. 
where we try to help you live a happier, safer, healthier life by bringing in people who know how to do just that, be it food nutritionists, food nutritionists, a nutritionist redundant. If you're a nutritionist, then you're all about food. Be it nutritionists or, you know, um, self-defense experts or, uh, is that the right one? Or anyone else who knows their stuff, I would cuss. Well, I will cuss. By the way, if your kids are listening, we swear. God damn it. Um, we bring in people who know their shit, and then we ask them to share their shit shit with you. I'm really <laughs> regretting saying that now. Um, Whatever. And speaking of knowing their stuff, uh, our next guest has been, um, she's trained in community emergency response team training. Uh, she did this in Hawaii. She was a lead in Hawaii. Hawaii, my favorite place. I want to go there next month. And yes, I have to sing every time I bring up Hawaii because it just brings out the music in me. So. Okay. All right. Uh, so she, she was, that's what she did over there. And we're, I was just thinking to myself here in Northern California, we've been pretty damn complacent. Because we haven't had an earthquake or any major disaster. We don't have gigantic changes in our weather to keep us on our toes. We're getting really freaking lax. I know people who have no plan in the event of an emergency, and that scares the crap out of me. I know some people would say, survival of the fittest, whatever, those people are going to perish. I don't think that way because some of those people could be dear friends. So... I would rather help spread some knowledge because it's not that hard to be prepared for an emergency. It's not. Even if we can't prepare for everything, we can try to prepare for something, and trying is better than not. So with that... What a nice lady. <clears throat> sometimes I'm trying to make up for past wrongs. That's why we do all this nice stuff now. Um, with that, I would like to bring out our next guest, who is a member of the California Hero Initiative's outreach team. We like to call her, by her uh, superhero name, Hot Flash. Welcome, Hot Flash! Woo! <laughs> Thanks. Wow. Virtual audience and everything. <laughs> right. Exactly. And, and we have to ask you, Hot Flash, before we get into that, how did you come up with the name Hot Flash? Because I, I love, personally, I love that name. Um, well, it started a year and a half ago um, that I was getting hot flashes, and actually longer than that, but I was going to go to the, from Hawaii, fly to San Francisco to go to the Superior Street Festival, and I was trying to figure out what my hero would be, and I decided I would dress the way I dress now, because I, a year prior to that, I went out with some gay boys. We had fun on the night, and I was dressed like that, and everybody loved the outfit. So then I was like, okay, I got a lot of red, and I'm hot flashing right now. Hey, what about hot flash? And that's <laughs> how the character <laughs> formulated. But then, that's um, in fact, that's when I met you guys, actually. It is. It's the very first time we met you. So it yeah. was meant to in be. fact, I'm hot flashing right now. It happens when I'm nervous. <laughs> yeah, power surging. Power surging. Yeah, power he, he surging. He knows. He knows. He's learned. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, I I love the name, and I like the fact that you spelled it with H A W T. It's hot. So. Um, yeah. Oh. Well, you know what? I was telling people that you um, were a lead 
and in uh, um, Hawaii? For what is a cert lead? Um, basically, it's the person who like manages the team. Um, wow. Yeah, I managed our little team of like between five to ten people. Wow, that's fantastic! And see, that's what we—that's uh, what we need. Um, we need somebody who can come out and. In fact, you know what? We're going to have to arrange something here in the uh, in in to North Bay, you know, East Bay. Uh, since you're close to us, thank goodness, because sometimes we have guests who are all the way out in, you know, bum bumfuck, you know, Egypt, and and we can't arrange something. But I think we're going to have to arrange uh, a certain refresher night or a certain night, basic night for people around our our area, um, because yeah, these, these these classes don't happen often enough for. Um, for people out here. And speaking of these classes, I'm going to ask you, for people who are listening, what, you know, community emergency response team, why do we need this? Well, um, I'll just give you an example of what happened for us. Ours is kind of extreme, but I think in general, like if you want to know how to deal with disasters, disaster preparedness, then this is the team for you. just anywhere in the world, and a natural or not natural disaster can happen, and just being prepared um, is very helpful. It doesn't matter if you're in the city or you're in the middle of nowhere, you need it. Right. And that's absolutely, because like I said, in Northern Cali, we could, and I know this sounds terrible, I'm not putting energy out there really, I'm just being realistic, we could get a really bad quake tonight in the middle of our sleep and it could be so bad that everything falls off of the shelves and the windows bust out or, or, you know, and suddenly we, or we don't have gas or we don't have water. And I know, like I said earlier, I, I know a ton of people personally that have no freaking preparedness uh, items, you know, no emergency items in their home. They have no, um, you know, plan for how to hook up with uh, with loved ones or anything. So it just, I just know that it's going to be mayhem when something like this happens because it's gonna. It's not even a matter of if it's gonna. You know, it's gonna. So I think in Cali we're pretty lax. Um, what in Hawaii? I know it was probably um, geared more toward Hawaiian emergencies. What kind of Hawaiian emergencies would you guys get? Um, well, we lived down the street from a volcano, so that That'll was do nice. it. And it was, <laughs> and it was active. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and uh, it was like a you know a couple of, I don't know five miles down the road, maybe ten. And um, there's also tsunamis, hurricanes, uh, floods. Those were the big ones. And basically, the tsunamis were more prevalent, like there's a time of year, like the summer, August time, my birthday time. In fact, when I first got there the second time, it was on my birthday that a tsunami warning first came, and I wasn't a cert person. That was a fun birthday. Um, And usually it's because Hawaii is in the middle of nowhere in the Pacific, and so when any of the outer lying mainland places like Asia or the West Coast, if or, you know, South America, if they have 
earthquakes on their coastal lines, it'll send a feedback wave to the center of the ocean, and that's when the islands in there can get tsunamis. Wow. You know, um, I was there. Remember when um, the earthquake in Japan hit? Yeah. It was my, it was our last day of vacation in, um, in Honolulu. And we didn't know that there had been an earthquake and that there was supposedly um, a tsunami. There was a tsunami warning um, for, for Hawaii, for Honolulu. And yeah. so we're, we're, we're getting on the, uh, the bus, we're getting on the bus and um, back to the airport and a police officer, you know, is on the bus with everybody and we're chatting and, and suddenly, you know, we said, okay, bye, have a, you know, have a safe day. And he goes, you guys too, you know, try to avoid that tsunami, okay? And we laughed, ha, 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 okay, see you later. We thought he was making a joke. And he wasn't because uh, the bus driver turns to him and she says, hey, what time is that supposed to hit? And um, this is before he's getting off the bus. And he says, uh, it's supposed to be on the way pretty soon, so you got like an hour or two. And I turned to, you know, um, Vector, and I said, what did they just say? And then, you know, pretty soon everybody's getting on, you know, people who are getting on the bus are going, do you hear about the earthquake? Do you hear about the tsunami? We freaked out. And as we got, right as we got inside the Honolulu, um, the airport doors, their tsunami warning hit, the sirens. Oh, my God, Hot Flash, that is like the scariest freaking sound in the world. It oh, really was. It was yeah. like a monster movie. It was so creepy, <laughs> like like Godzilla was going to show up. Um, really scary night. We got the last flight, the the absolute last flight that was flying out of Honolulu that night. So, um, yeah, that was, that was kind of stressful. But, you know, yeah. And that that was interesting because most communication – was working better through Facebook right. than anything else. Right. That's the weird thing. People could not get in touch with us through our cell phones. They could only write on Facebook, and, and the only way we could contact them was to, you know, pull our laptops out and hit Facebook. Isn't that weird that that was the only way to, to communicate? Well, I have um, – is it all right to go into a story now about this oh, whole situation? Oh, please. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And I can talk a bit, so just stop me when you're sick of hearing about it. You're on the radio. Um, we'll make you talk all you want. Yeah, you got till seven thirty. <laughs> okay. Um, well, first, let me give some background on the situation. I was living for five years on the Big Island of Hawaii, which is the biggest of all the islands. My favorite. And um, we were, or I was, on the rainforest side. They call it the Hilo side, and we were in the boonies. Um, oh, on a shoot. yoga retreat, mm-hmm. and it's called the yoga retreat's called Kalani Kanua, and it's basically 20 minutes from any fire department or police station. And after about a year or so of being there, I became a manager, and our um, head person had wanted us, the general manager wanted us all as managers to get cert qualified because it had come to our attention that, you know, if something major like a disaster was to happen to the island, hit the island, there was only like such a small amount of police and firefighters that they could only go to the major cities. 
which I would really call towns. I mean, they're not like San Francisco or anything. Um, and that anybody in the outlying areas would be on their own for hours. And if there was like a big thing, it could be up to a week. Um, like if roads got shut down, et cetera. So we were basically told that, you know, prep as if you weren't going to have any emergency people happen, come to you for two weeks. So we all got trained. And I actually, it's like four-week class, and it was really fun to do with our managers because uh, I really loved everybody I worked with. We lived and worked together and had a blast. And at the first class, I almost dropped out because they were showing slides with blood and stuff. And I was like, oh, no, no. Uh, <laughs> I mean, even though I was a private investigator and whatnot, and I've been in the security, I just I can't deal with blood. And I was just like, okay, I'm going to drop out. And my partner at the time was like, no, don't. Don't drop out because you're a really, really good leader and there's other spaces for you. So you don't have to be the triage person. You don't have to be doing the first aid. You can do other things like organize the group to do first aid. Stick with it. And this is before I even had a clue that I would be leading it. So I stuck with it and then ended up becoming the lead. And um, the rest is history. So what ended up happening was, um, and this you'll find, I know you guys will enjoy this, was that I found out that live action role playing really was helpful. Ha! <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I'm a gamer, and I've been a gamer since I was 15, and I'm 48 now. So that's many, many years of gaming. <laughs> and in that time, usually it's known as Dungeons & Dragons, which, yeah, in the 80s, I was 15. It was, I was primed for that. And then that's role-top playing, where you play a game, somebody runs you through and a scenario, and you act out your characters. Well, live-action role-playing is when you take it to the streets, where you're actually acting out in a, in a location with your characters, and there's still a game master telling you what to do, but you get to physically act out and speak, and it's really fun. It's like improv. And I really got into that. So what I did was, um, as the leader of CERT, I would host these. I think we were doing a monthly. Um, we would have monthly meetings where we would have a actual scenario happen on the premises. And we would act out like an earthquake or a tsunami warning or whatever, and then have the managers who were in CERT be, you know, have to deal with it. And then we... The yoga retreat had volunteers, like 100 volunteers would come there. Up right. to 100 volunteers would be there. And so they would be in different groups, housekeeping, uh, landscaping, and whatnot. And so the manager of a department would use their um, volunteers as um, actors in the scenario. And so we would have to, like, use them. Like one scenario was a tsunami warning is coming. It's going to come to the point which we uh, – Kalani, like across the street from Kalani was a cliff, a 50-foot cliff. And then across the street was our gift, gift shop, and then the rest of the yogurt sheet was up there in about 20 acres. Um, and so we basically had to take 20 people with just like four of us and get those 20 people who are panicked from point A to B, which was basically get them up about another 100 feet because if you're 100 feet away from the tsunami, like we have a 50-foot cliff and then 50-foot in, then you're out of any kind of wave shot for us. Oh, it's wow. Like we, 
they have those, I don't know if they have them here, but they have them in Hawaii all over the place where it'll say an icon on a sign with this is a tsunami zone. So basically if you're beyond that, then you're safe. If you're on the other side of it, you're not safe. Yeah, they so have, we have they it have at the that. front of our page. Yeah. So wow. we had that at the front of our property. And wow. so basically once you're on our property and, you know, maybe 50 feet up, you're really good. So we would do these scenarios all the time. And also we wouldn't want to, like, we learned the hard way, basically. We would have a scenario <laughs> of an earthquake or something, and then sure enough, something would happen in real life. <laughs> oh, and my so God. so we were like, oh, my word, we got to do some Hawaiian prayers after every live-action role-play event <laughs> scenario no so that kidding. we can make sure that the gods know we're, just, we're not trying to bring this bad juju here. We just want to practice. And then exactly. sure enough, after we would do, each one we would sing a chant, Aomai or whatever, get it. Well, Aomai is let it come, so I think we stopped that one. Because <laughs> Aomai oh, wow. is let it come, let it flow. <laughs> but anyway, oh, wow. so we would do another one. That no, would say, not a good you know, one. Hey. <laughs> say, hey, you know, please yeah. don't, we're not, don't bring anything. In fact, just protect us, because that's what we're trying to do. And so we would do chants after every scenario. Um, and we had some really, really good Oh, man, really good one. Some of them we would have, like, done up in blood and, you know, fake blood. I remember one of them we had um, a maintenance manager. He was on our CERT team, and he had his crew do up the entire maintenance um, building, which was actually this huge warehouse that had solar panels on one side. And one of the volunteers was actually the chief of police or ex-chief of police for London. So he really got into it. And so they, like, created these fake, real fires that we had to go and put out. (laughs) And it was insane. And then they had all these bodies of people all around, and we had to show up on the scene, put out the fires, turn off the utilities, and then triage every bit. It was insane. Another one was we had, um, I think it was about pets and the psychology of pets and what to do with pets in a disaster. But the funny thing was, wait, I think, was it that one? Oh, no, 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 this wasn't the pet one, right? No, this was not the pet one. We did a pet one, and that was great, and we were able to save the pet and have it calm down. We had real animals acting, and it was great. Um, No, this other one was how to deal with psychology of people who lose it during a disaster, which to me I think is so, is like the most important. Like, really, if anything, the thing that you can learn as a cert person isn't about first aid. It's about psychology because everybody is psychologically affected by disasters or something shocking. And so you really, it's not like you have to go and have a, a, a BA in psychology or therapy or anything. It's just knowing how to talk people down out of totally freaking out. And in every scenario, we would always plant uh, somebody who freaks out so that they would have to learn it. But this particular scenario was really good. It was that my friend Salida's house, and he lived like in a hobbit shire far in the jungle because this whole place is in the jungle. We're in the rainforest, this, yeah. this yoga retreat. And his is away from everybody's, and we had our friend George. <laughs> oh, my God, I will never forget this. We're driving up, <laughs> and I just basically let them, you know, make up the scenario because all it was was like freak out. You guys decide, and we'll have to deal with how we calm you down. And we start driving up, and the front of the house has all these screens so you can totally look in because, you, you know, the weather's so amazing there. You don't need any, like, air conditioning, and you don't need enclosures. 
so everything's open. So we hear heavy metal blasting, like heavy metal from the 80s, blasting really loud as we drive up. And then we see our friend Felita get thrown across the room. Oh, my God. I'm not God. saying to try this at home. Do not try this at home. They were on their own <laughs> doing this. And wow. so we stop our car, we get out, we run out, and we see George, like, beating on Felita, <laughs> telling him something about how dare you take my boyfriend, I don't know, some lover, quarrel, something or other. <laughs> <laughs> so basically wow. we had to go in. And stop George, calm George down while getting to Salita, who had been injured. And it was a good one because, in fact, George is a role player and he's a game master. And he got so into it that even when the scenario was over, we kept saying, George, out of character, out of character. Because he was still in character, he wouldn't get out. But well, anyway, no, that's so... good. <laughs> well, yeah, and I... George. I, I think know. that's important. I think knowing the psychology of what to do, because you're going to have people freaking out. So if you were to, I know it's it's hard to do, but if you were to put that, if you were to just condense it down into a little, you know, four or five instructional line um, way to do it, what would you, how would you talk to somebody who was freaking out and, and you know, screaming um. at Wolf going crazy. First, talk really softly so that they have to shut up to listen to you. And then, depending on who you are, you can make direct contact because that, like, it's kind of like an alpha stance, like, look, I'm in control. I've got it going on. Not alpha to, like, I'm going to take you down, but just, like, so they can see that somebody is in control and is oh, strong. Wow. But talking softly and, say, and and slowly with your hands down approaching the person and saying, and I, you know, first off, I'm just saying this is what we do. I'm not saying this. I'm teaching people on the radio how to do this because you're right. all on your own. So I'm gonna. Right. This is like my own like CYA. Don't come back and say, well, how should I said to put my hand in the crocodile? And, right. Anyways, right. No. No. So. Um, yeah, that's basic ideas like, you know, talk softly, hands down, walk slowly, approach slowly, but still direct eye contact, speak very assertively, even though you're talking softly, and, you know, don't get too complicated. I need you to calm down. Everything's going to be okay, that kind of thing. Um, but we ended up having to actually put this to the test. Okay, so once a year at Kalani, there's this huge yoga group called Baron Baptiste. He has this yoga boot camp that happens where we close down the entire Kalani that only only their people, which is up to 200-plus people, and our 100-plus volunteers are there. That's like the capacity of this place. Right. And they're there for a week. And they're from all over the world mainly from west, uh, the mainland of the U.S., and they go there and they spend their entire time in this huge room that's really hot, heated, so they can do like Bikram yoga type yoga training. And it's really, really hot. And they go in there and they don't ever see uh, the light. I mean, they do see the light of day when they have to go eat, but they're pretty much in there the whole time. They're not playing around. So this group was there when we received our very first tsunami warning, when I was, like, meaning first as me as the lead, we have a search team, blah. 
and we'd already done a number. In fact, we'd already done a tsunami warning one. This was like one of the ones where, okay, after this, we're going to do prayers. <laughs> so we get the warning, and immediately everybody's on the Internet, on Facebook, on the Internet, trying to check, because that's, the, like you said, that was the thing that was working, which is kind of right. ironic because our wireless was kind of lame at the time, but, and I was the manager of IT at the time. <laughs> so I know what our wireless was doing, but regardless, people were getting all their news off of the Internet. The bad thing about it was that it was all like guessing. It was like people from New York reporting about Hawaii as if they knew what was going on when they had no clue. So I had to really actually get, we had to like separate our people. Some people were in charge of calming people down. Some people were in charge of communication. And then some people were in charge of any, like if people got injured out of being crazy. And we basically had to go around and round up everybody and say, don't leave. It was ironically the last day of they they had finished classes and they were supposed to leave that day. All 300 people were supposed to get on vans and leave and get on flights. So you can imagine, (laughs) because the airport was closed down. Right, right. There was, we would manage to get everybody except one car of five who ended up driving to Kona which was insane because that's the opposite end of on the other side of yeah. the island and I'm right. sure they got caught in like huge because we have one road, one right. road because of a previous volcano eruption. All the other roads that you could take out were gone. So now this one road is the main road out to the major cities. And just imagine wow. everybody just driving up there, getting right. gas. Right. It's just like you're not going to move. So we managed to keep everybody... And then suddenly we, we were basically told everybody, we gave everybody a public announcement and said, you know, you are safe here. We have the tsunami warning sign. We, you know, once you're on our property, you're safe. So why don't you just relax and come to the lanai, which is where everybody ate, for updates at certain times. So we'd tell them and we would post updates on this dry erase board when anybody needed updates about when the warning would happen, you know, when it would pass. And we managed to contain 300 people. There was like maybe a few people who lost their minds, but then certain people came in, took them aside, and calmed them down. But other than that, like, it ended up looking like spring break. It was like all these yoga people had been in class all week long and just wanted to party. So they were playing volleyball. They were doing yoga on the lawn. They were in the pool. You would <laughs> never know there was a tsunami warning happening. Oh my God. Wow. And meanwhile, we're walking around in our vests with our hard hats, just showing that we're in control. Like, I'm telling you, the uniform, as you know, superheroes, the uniform can be used for good. And I'm oh, not yeah. talking about going up the streets at night trying to pretend you're a dude that can take on the world and fighting people. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about having a presence of calmness and strength and saying, we are in these uniforms with these vests and our walkie-talkies and whatnot, and we know what's going on. And when you see us and you know we're not freaking out, you know everything's okay. And, like, we got so many people commenting afterwards. A lot of those people that were participants said that was so amazing. We didn't know what to do. We'd never been to Hawaii. We had never been to Tsunami Warning. And we felt really protected. And that was three, there was literally four of us. Four of us on CERT that had control of 300 people. Wow. (laughs) I'm not even exaggerating. 
I am not exaggerating. People were so, like, in the zone of happiness that they wanted to go to the point and watch the waves. At that point, I, like, rode down my bike and said, anybody who's beyond this point, we are not claiming responsibility for you. You're on your own. Everybody's like, okay, run up, <laughs> run up the property and then play volleyball. Wow. So, yeah, and I was in contact because I was so far away. The leader of the CERT teams for Hawaii, Bill Hansen, he mm-hmm. had given me his personal cell phone. And he said, you know, because you're way out in the middle of nowhere, and you actually aren't, like, I'm out of shortwave radio range. Like, I actually got my license to do ham radio. So what I was doing was I had a ham radio that I connected to this guy down the block who was also a ham radio guy who had a short wave to the rest of the world. So he and I would check in every once in a while when I was in a certain place, and he would tell me what's going on because there was a ham radio guy at the, um, basically in Hilo, they have this big, like, um, it's big. It's a mini version of, a very mini version of, like, war games. You have all the big people, the Army, the Fire Department, Police, all those different ER people in this one room, their head people with all their screens, talking to the buoy that's in the middle of nowhere, finding out the wave size. Oh, wow. And they're comparing and communicating that whole thing in their room with all their communications and then relaying that information to everybody. It's a nice room. It's really, really cool. And so... Bill Hansen is there relaying information to CERT people. And so I didn't have, like, phones or anything other than, like, like a cell phone if I stood in a certain area. <laughs> we only had cell wow. phones in a certain area. Yeah. So basically I would go to that area, call Bill, and say, what's the latest? And he had open channel with me and let me know what was going on. And it was brilliant. So I was like the calm person while leading and maintaining the morale of everybody there. Now, you know, I'm reading how Hilo, because when you said you were in the Hilo side, uh, that I've always heard that the Hilo side was the tsunami capital of the world, you know. And uh, tsunamis have killed more people uh, in Hawaii in the last hundred years than earthquakes, volcanoes, hurricanes, Fresh fires and floods combined. That's crazy. Yeah, because tsunami for Hilo, they used to have this waterfront that was, it's gone now. Wow. <laughs> if you go to Hilo, it's like just this empty area now that what used to have a bunch of stores. And now they had to, like, move all the stores back so that they weren't in the tsunami zone because that all got wiped out from the tsunami. I couldn't tell you what year that happened. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's see, and that's, that's, uh, I'm glad you guys would think about it. That could have been 300 people that lost their shit, you know, that, that were. Oh, I know. I can't even imagine. Around. But because we had that training, we calmed them down. Right. Exactly. So, you know, my question to you is when I tell people you need to take cert classes, you need to go in there. You need to, to you know, because our start class was how many weeks long was it, Doug? It wasn't that long. Eleven? No, eleven was our Citizens know. Police Academy class. It's usually so. four. Yeah, usually it was. Four it, was weeks. it was only like four, maybe at the most it was six, but it was worth it. It's one night out of your life to get knowledge that you have no chance of getting anywhere else. I mean, seriously, who's going to teach you how to to use a? Um, oh God, what was it? 
what's it called, uh, Hot Flash, when you stack a bunch of things to lift somebody out from under, say, a giant, uh, a heavy item that's, that's crushing their legs. They teach you how to stack up these these logs and um, lift lift people out that way. I forget what that was called. Oh. Do you remember what that oh. was called? Gosh, that one was... Uh. Let me now, like see, search and rescue. I'm looking at it right now. Hold on a oh, keep talking, and I'm gonna tell you in a second. Well, that I don't again? want to get a, it wrong. Oh, that's okay. It's a what? When they do that? It's, are you gonna Google oh, it? Oh, I'm looking it up just to confirm it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, see, I, we Google on this show too. Yeah, we'll Google. Our <laughs> friends, our our friends have a, a radio show where they refuse to Google everything. They try to just remember everything, and I'm like, yeah, you have fun with that. I have Google. It works, so. <laughs> but that is just one of the things. They teach us how, I loved how they taught us how to do the triage, you know, um, right there at the disaster site. Because really, I would probably have been one of those people freaking out, running around, going, oh, my God, oh, my God, there's blood. You know, and instead, they gave me a way to go, okay, you know what? Freaking out is not helping anybody. It's not helping yourself. It's making yourself, it's making everything worse. Yeah. Get your ass focused on helping. So because of cert now, if something should go down, I mean, I'm hoping. You never know, you know, until it's right there it's in your face. But I'm hoping. It's called cribbing. 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 Yeah. So, but I'm hoping that because of cert, I won't go running around like a crazy person, and I'll be able to help. Um, <clears throat> that, was, that was a vector. The other time we went to Hawaii. Oh. And we were near the volcano. Oh. And there were, there were these. I mean, the journey up to towards the volcano and the actual lava flow was fine for everybody. But when we got right up there, where the you could see the lava and the shelves over the lava, and you look down, you see the oh, lava yeah. rivers underneath it. There are these, like, Japanese tourists jumping up jumping and down. down on the shelf. They were jumping oh, up and down. My word. And, right. and yeah. Vector starts freaking out. He's like, this is ridiculous. There's no one out here watching these people. This is completely unsupervised. And he, he had kind of a little mini... He had a little mini little anxiety attack, attack yeah. because he <laughs> saw the Japanese tourists jump, and he could speak some Japanese, so he understood what the guy was saying, but the guy was like, this is fun, this is here, or whatever he was saying. <laughs> and, and, right, and we were, we were going... Oh, my God, get off of that. Can you imagine if that shelf, and for the people who don't know, a shelf is like this little piece of, um, I don't know, what would you call it, a little piece like of land, like cold it's lava. lava. It's actual lava. It's the cold yeah. lava that's just cooled off and has created a shelf that's hardened, but it's it's kind of a facade because it can right. break off it can break and off. just and drop you into it. Into it, and you could see the lava. And this was back... Uh, 2001, 2002? Yeah. Something like 2002, where you could literally walk up to the flow that was going into the water. So you could walk, you could drive out there, and then you could see the flow coming down from the mountain and and go, I, literally, we could have touched it if we wanted to. There was no one out there supervising. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, it's crazy how close, and you could see little hot rocks being pushed out of its way um, the rocks were just popping out of its way when it would encounter a rock as it was flowing. Yeah. It was just, oh. And, and didn't your, did, were you like, someone was in flip-flops that got burnt. Yeah, I was, I, I brought shoes. Oh, yeah. I told everybody to bring shoes. I told everybody, we go to the, we go to the lava, you all wear thick-soled shoes, okay? Don't wear flip-flops. My little niece 
forgot hers. So I gave up my shoes and pulled out my flip-flops. And wow. part of my flip-flops, just from walking along the cooled parts, the cooled, I'm saying, you know, parentheses in the air, the, it, it sort of it melted my the bottom of my flip-flops a little. So that's just, that's insanity. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I'm sorry. Getting back to, uh, by the way, Hot Flash, I don't know, I've probably told you this a million times, but I'm the biggest Hawaiian freak in the world. I, if I could live there, I would. I really would. Uh, I love it's it. Amazing. Of, course, of course, I'd probably only live there six months out of the year and then try to come back here six months if I could. Anyway, that, we're going to have to talk more Hawaiian at the time. <laughs> yes, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. I have a quick question. Sure. If you wanted to chat, is it under comments? Because uh, I don't see. see a chat section on the Facebook. You don't I mean, see on the um, on the blog talk radio, if you go scrolling down, it just says comments. Is that the area where you can chat? I think you have to be logged in. Oh, yeah, yeah, unfortunately. Oh. You can log in, yeah, guest you account, can log in with a guest, but you can create an account, and it literally takes two minutes to create an account. Oh, okay. um, got it. And then... You know, and then you can, they just want your, your yeah. email. But, and, and someone in the chat room says, um, try refreshing your browser also. Oh, okay. And by the way, Julie is in the chat room and says, hey, sis, to you. Oh, Julie, yes. my sister, yeah. Yeah, yeah, see? That's what she said. She's waving with the little chat wave <laughs> face. It's totally cute. She says, hi. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for That's listening awesome. to Julie. <laughs> but um, <laughs> now with cert, now see all this stuff you're talking about being, you know, speaking assertively, the eye contact, talking softly. When when someone takes a cert class, what do you think? Because I know that you, you know, since you taught it before, what would you say are the most important things to teach? You know, first uh, when they come in. Well, I haven't actually taught CERT. I've just been the lead, and then by being the lead, I've done these, um, you know, like I said, these little scenarios. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So how would you rephrase that now? Yeah, if I wasn't let me like a teacher? Now, now, yeah, what would, to you, what would you say are the most important things people can come out with? Because uh, some people are going, what is CERT? I mean, really, we still hear people going, what do they have in these classes? What, what, why should I go to this? What are they going to teach me? You know, um, fire safety, what? So what would you say yeah. are the most important things? Well, the most important thing, first off, which is what they start off with, is disaster preparedness. So even if you don't join a group like we did, um, the, the amazing thing that it teaches you is, like, to be, prepare your family, prepare yourself and your family. And it's really, that that's like one of the number ones, and it is the first chapter. And if anything, I could like, if people end up saying, I don't want to do cert, I don't want to take it, I have to insist that people get a go bag. And you can Google that, and these are like, there's many firms out there, companies that put together a package that's completely prepared for you, and, it, and it's like based on how many live in your house, if it's just for yourself, et cetera. Somebody's already done all the work for you. Because in CERT, they really break it down, like how to make your own go bag, but you can actually now buy one for yourself. Yeah. Um, water and a go bag. Yes, please, no matter what. Definitely. Um, Definitely. The next one is it, 
I mean, I think if I'm looking at the table of contents basically, and it's basically going in order of what I think is also relevant. Like after disaster preparedness, it talks about fire safety because so many people can get in contact with fire versus tsunamis. You know what I mean? Right. Right. So that's that's a good one to be knowing. And then um, and then it goes into disaster medical operations. So that's the thing, like where if you want to be more invested in it, you want to help. Now, what that means is that you're just, you can go and get your own CPR license and your first aid license and all that separately because CERT doesn't give you that. But basically what it's doing is if you're on the scene of an incident, a car accident, whatever, mm-hmm. and it's going to take a bit for emergency crew to get there, then it's all about just getting the person stabilized. You're not saving them. You're not being a nurse. You're not pulling them out of a fire, car, a burning car, which that is very well. Anyways, I won't get into that. But anyways, you're not you're not per se a superhero in that regard. You're a superhero in the sense that you they're already out of the car, they're on the ground, and you just want to stabilize them until the treatment comes, so that they don't move around and they don't lose any more blood and that kind of thing. Um, so you learn that kind of stuff. And then um, the next is light search and rescue. That's like if you know, there's a fire, there's a building, and the fire department haven't gotten there. And it is big on don't go in if it's if it's unsafe. You just don't go in. Um, right. A lot of right. sometimes people think that when you become cert, you're like a volunteer fire person. You're not. You're not. Mm-mm. What I told and what I had to tell my team over and over, because there were people that were like, I'm going to bust into that shaky building that's on fire and drag them out. And, blah, 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 blah. and I was like, you know, that's exciting that you have that that great motivation, but you're just going <laughs> to injure yourself. And then we're going to have to save you and that person. Exactly. And really, what I tell Sir, what I told them is you are just the person who can dial 911. Yep. I know that sounds like disheartening, but it's like you're there, you're the witness, dial 911. That is the best thing you can do. Dial 911. I can't tell you how many people were so afraid to call 911. Maybe they were growing pot. Who gives a shit? Dial 911. It's someone's exactly. life. Exactly. Then you can fuck up later. <laughs> I don't care what drugs you have on you. That is so irrelevant. It's like this person's <laughs> in trouble. Go call 911. They're not going to look at you and care about what you are doing. They, they're not. That's absolutely true. They don't care. So, so being being the voice, being the witness and saying, okay, I'm 911 now, then you can look at it and say, okay, what can I do safely that does not put myself in danger because you don't want to become another victim because then that's a mess. That's a mess. Yep. That's, that's a, what is it? You get personal, personal safety, safety scene, scene safety, and then victim safety. Yeah. Yeah. So... It's, you can't, like you said, you can't rush in and be a superhero. You're, 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 like you said, you're adding to the numbers that they now have to take care of. So exactly, um, and and so did like, our cert class oh. it definitely emphasized that. So thank you for bringing that up. So I would really say that the main things you walk away with is disaster preparedness, fire safety is good, how to like do some basic, basic, you know, first aid, and then the psychology thing. It's so yeah. important. That is like huge. It is. People, absolutely. The, 
people freaking out are way more of a problem than the actual people that are injured because there's more people freaking out than there are people injured. Yeah. And, and then honestly, the freaking out people cause the injuries. <laughs> right. I was just going to say that, honestly, the people freaking out are more dangerous, you know, than the the people who are injured are already down. They're already, you know, waiting for help. And people freaking mm-hmm. out are going to hurt other people. That's absolutely true. Um, Which reminds me, there was one scenario that was really good. I think this was the one where we had to bring everybody up from the beginning of the property to the middle of the property, and we had chosen, okay, you're going to be the secret freak-out person. You're going to be this person. You know, they had chosen, you're going to be the one that falls and breaks their leg. All right. So when we finally got to the middle, and the one person who was freaking out was an actress in real life, and she was doing such a good job. She was freaking everybody else out. Oh, wow. And she was agitating everybody, and I was like, oh, my word. And none of my team members were able to handle her. It was like they wanted to slap her across the face and say, wake up, get out, you know. <laughs> Game over. Shut the hell up, you know. And I was like, no way. I got it. I got it. I got this. So I went up to her, and I took her aside. I pulled her away so she, that her energy could not freak out everybody else. So I got her way far away, and then I said, what do you like to be? Like, what, what, is, what are your strengths? Uh, somehow I pulled out, like, what are you? Are you a magic user? <laughs> are you a fighter or a thief? What are you? <laughs> and she's like, I'm a healer. Okay, I was like, really? We need your help right now. So take a breath. And come over here. You know, I really got into the level that she was at, but I calmed it down. Like, you are really important, and we need you, so you need to get it together. We need you. And she, like, calmed down, and she really got into it. And I was like, okay. And there was this one person who was down for the count. Her, We knew that there was nothing more that we could do for this person. They had been triaged. So we just basically had her pretend to heal as a person. <laughs> Wow, that's And it worked. Cool. So we were like, just put your hands, don't touch your body, do not touch your body, just put your hands here and basically do Reiki is what I taught her to do. Just do Reiki and, you know, healing is coming for your hands and you need to concentrate. Don't talk, don't talk because that will disrupt the spell. Do not talk. <laughs> that's so brilliant. Good. Oh, my God. They were like so yeah. amazed. Even the actress was like, oh, my God, I totally believed it. So, yeah, it was really if you can involve the crazy people and somehow just get them away but with somebody so they're focused and they feel like they're contributing, that gets them out of the spin cycle in their head. That is brilliant. I mean, and, and Reiki works, you know, even if they're not trained. Oh, yeah, I'm a Reiki person. I'm Reiki level yeah. two, so I know. Oh, awesome. See? So that's important. Give somebody something to do. Um, these go bags, I'm glad you mentioned that because we've mentioned it before on our show, but that was like a year ago that we talked about those. And I, I believe that, you know, like most of the people I know in my family <clears throat> are getting go bags for their birthdays and such. I sent a couple for Christmas last year because, you know, what, what, are they going to send it back going, this is a crappy gift? Well, that's too bad you're stuck with it now. If you want to re-gift it, that's fine. Somebody's getting a go bag. Um, and, or bug out bag, whatever you want, whatever you want to call it. Um, the other things about cert or the fact that they've got you on a, uh, I don't know if they did this in Hawaii, but uh, it makes sense that they did. They put us on a, a phone call, you know, a contact list, so that they could reach us by email or phone, you know, um, house landline or cell phone in the event of an emergency. Um, um, yeah, the, we definitely, like, all the CERT leaders, like, the leaders and their second-in-command 
were on a list for all the people, all the CERT teams in, on the Big Island, so we could contact each other if we needed to. Oh, good, good. Because <clears throat> the the way that they, you know, they worked it here recently, not recently, actually, it was about a year ago, in our area, they contacted us. There was a search for a a an elderly person with um, who needed their meds, so and a little bit of Alzheimer's going on. So they had wandered away from a retirement area, and they needed help finding this person. They were found with the help of the CERT team. So even just things like wow. that, yeah, right. Because I mean, that could have turned real tragic really fast. So. Um, uh, actually, um, our CERT team, um, one of the CERT teams on Kona actually helped um, when the tsunami did actually hit the Kona side but didn't hit our side. So the time that we were trying to help the 300 not go to Kona, Kona got hit and there were some damages and it went all the way to their little like main boulevard walk area and CERT people were there from a team helping direct traffic. So, yeah. Oh. Yeah, fantastic. See, and yeah. if you're listening right now and you're thinking, well, I, you know, where's the CERT, CERT uh, team in my area and when is the class? Well, check it out. There is a, a link that we're going to put up on Tribe Radio's link. Uh, we always put up our links. I'll put one up on my Facebook page. And and uh, to find those, all you have to do is we'll put it up on Tribe's main um, blog talk page too. So you can do that, bug. But that's important because, even if you can't make it into a class, even if the next class is three months away, go to FEMA's main page, which we're also going to put a link up to, and start learning about this stuff because you can learn it on your own. It's better to have hands-on. Trust me, you don't want to just learn it on your own. Um, you sound like you're going to say something, Bug. No? No. Okay. Um, but go and start learning about this stuff yourself because if I asked, 20 people right now, if they knew how to turn off the gas line in the event of an earthquake or something else that would cause their gas line to have a leak, I bet you I would get at least half of them not knowing how to turn off a gas line. So, yeah, uh, yeah. and that's scary. So, now, um, another thing, I love how you say the, the you know, because you do the, you know, role playing. I think it's important to keep that up because we, we graduated from CERT almost a year and a half ago. Yeah. And I could really use some refresher, you know, in that. So I think maybe with your help we should get together and do a um, some type of role-playing, you know, CERT scenario just to get us a little, you know, refreshed on the triage and stuff. Does that oh, fun? yeah, definitely. Yeah, certainly. That would be really, really fun. Yeah, see, so... So you know we're going to be picking your brain since you're the lead, so you can help people <laughs> know what to do and such. But um, now I know you were only able to stay with us for an hour or so, but before you, go, you know, if you have to go, can you tell us a little more about Hot Flash before you do? Oh, I don't have to go. That was like my other coat, my um, sidekick, Solara. Oh, okay. So I'm here until the end. But oh, I can sweet. tell you about that. Is she coming in? Unless you have yeah. more third questions. Um, I'm sure I'll remember more because honestly, I I'm a big fan of cert. I know that's <laughs> that's so nerdy. I am so nerdy with this. But whenever they send us a new email about, hey, there's this class now. There's a you know there's a search and rescue class coming up for uh, wilderness for cert, and I'm thinking that's awesome. I would love to find out how to find. People. And there was an urban one, and you know I you guys look up 
uh, FEMA's page will give you the closest CERT class to you if you just enter your zip code. And if you're not oh, in awesome. the United, yeah, if you're not in the United States, Google it. Seriously, that's how I found how other people find CERT classes from uh, Googling. So. Heck, there's a ham cram license there's, class there's on a, the 22nd. Ooh, ooh, there's. Did yeah. you hear that? Wow. Yeah, and the ham license. I love that I have that. Um, those last you 10 have years. one? Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. yeah. Wow. This this one they're offering is a. It's not a radio class, but it's a one-day study event and license exam. Oh. Lots. Wow. See, we need to study before that. Yeah. But that would we wanted to do that. In fact, for the Hero Initiative, we wanted to have one here, you know, ham radio here, and one across the country in Virginia, and hope you know we, try, we wanted to have three total: one in the middle and two on the ends of you know of the state. That way, at least there are those three connection areas, you know, so that we can be in touch with each other and see how we can help each other in the event of a, a major disaster. So, um, I just, so you've got yours already. Wow. We have to talk Yeah. because we're talking about going, they, did you know that they have ham radio flea markets every now and then out here? Ooh, I would love to go to that. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm a total tech that geek. So oh, that. well then, that's then yeah we have to find the the you know the next one because that just sounds amazing um ham radio in case people don't know it's uh, ham radios will operate when everything else goes away won't they am i am i crazy i'm thinking that um well, i mean they're still based on electricity so if you yeah. don't have electricity but um if you can have battery operated um mobile that's units and thinking. they're still really powerful yeah um, so That's there's like ham stations where you're, you know, plugged into power and you can go across the, you know, the world and chat with people. Um, and then there's the handheld ones where you can go pretty far too. And then there's the kind in your car which is attached to your car battery that um, can also go far. You know, for me, I honestly, I, if we go to one together, I'd like to find at least a couple because you are, for me, I'm almost in my car as much as I am at home recently, and I'm thinking to have some type of radio because, you know, would it be better to have a CB radio or a ham radio in your car? I have both because I'm geeky like that. Um, Oh, my God, you do? Right now I don't have the ham radio. I had to give it back to the guy who lent it to me, but I did have both at one time, and that was how I reached the guy was from my car ham radio. But I ultimately oh. would like to have a handheld battery-operated one. And they can go on the Internet, too. Wow, that is yeah. fantastic. Now, there was a, um, one thing that, that we didn't mention yet uh, that they taught in, in cert, um, the HAZMAT, the Hazardous Materials Mitigation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was so intense. Now that, because that, that kind of freaks me out in terrorism response. I used to drive a BART train uh, for like seven years, and they were teaching us, um, God, what was it called? Uh, nuclear biological and chemical, NBC training, nuclear biological and chemical warfare training, because, you know, if you really wanted to shut down the Bay Area, take out the BART train. Um, that was so depressing. But it's the truth and they were teaching us how to respond to you know types of different types of chemical attacks um but with ha- with the hazardous materials section 
I remember that they gave us a a, a little book that had the, all these. Did you get a book when you were in your cert class? It was a hazardous materials identification placard book. Yep, yep. I had all that. And they would also take the have send the leads and the co lead to various trainings. So we would have a lot of training on disasters, terrorism, <coughs> biological incidents, et cetera. So I got a bunch of certificates and those things. Now, see, we definitely have to put something on um, when you're ready. <laughs> uh, and I, we got to do that. We also have to learn to do the um, the disaster search techniques because, you know, it, like you're, you're right, we don't go into a building that's shaky or crazy or anything, but um, – Sometimes if you have to search something, it's better to know how and to be prepared through search. So, um, well, to I me, it's a no-brainer. If you're a superhero, you need to be a cert, cert person. I mean, they're one and the same, so I don't understand why all superheroes, real-life superheroes aren't. They need to be. Thank you. Did you hear that? Any real-life superheroes out there listening? If you don't have your cert training, you're kind of dropping the ball on what you should have under your belt. Everybody should have CPR and they should have cert training. Especially if, you know, if, if there were rules to having the title of real life superhero, if there were requirements, those two classes would be at the top of the list. You'd have yeah, to have. It's not, it's definitely not about martial arts or any of that. I mean, if you have that, it's great, but it's right. really, really the ability to just help people be safe. I think to me that's like the true real life superhero. Absolutely. Thank you very much. We're going to have that as our quote of the day. <laughs> um, and speaking of real life superheroes, since we're segueing, you know, into this, that's pretty good, huh? Um, very good. Well <laughs> now played. we can we talk a little bit about Hot Flash and what's going on with her? Yeah, um, I put my uh, website in the chat there. It's uh, www.hotflash, that's H-A-W-T-S-L-A-S-H dot net. And basically, after I met you guys and everything at the uh, Superior Street Fair in 2012, I came back to Hawaii and I was like, oh my God, this can't end. It can't end, I need to keep doing this. How? And then I just got this... um, brainstorm that I was like, I'm going to take my character and make a webcomic out of it because thanks to modern technology, you can do this practically for free um, and get it out to people with, and, and there's no paper involved. You just put it on a website and you have like a weekly webcomic, kind of like the Sunday morning Spider-Man comic strip. You just have this webcomic strip and um, I have... Different people illustrate. We ha- I had my best, one of my really good friends, Michelle Phelps, her, her um, niece, Gabby. She was our illustrator, but unfortunately she had to take a break due to health reasons. So now we have this new illustrator up and coming. We haven't shown him yet, but his name is Damone, and he's really awesome. And basically, me and my friend Cheryl McGrew are the co-writers, and we write the story about a woman who gets her powers from going through menopause. That's (laughs) right, folks. Menopause. (laughs) And the reason I did this was, obviously, I'm going through it, and um, I was just finding that 
Our Western civilization seems to, like, write off women after the age. When you hit 40, it's like, oh, no, oh, no. Don't say your age. Don't tell anybody how old you are. It's, like, it's really sad. And, like, our 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 society disempowers older women and makes them not sexy and unsexual and just, like, they're invisible. And I think that's bullshit. Um, Thank you. Some of the most strongest, empowered women I've ever met are in their 60s, 70s, 90s. One of my friends in her 90s, she just recently passed away, super amazing woman. And there's just a plethora of knowledge and wisdom and amazingness and beauty from all these women. And right now there's 50 million women going through the change, is what we call it, in, in the America. And it's, I think it's just America alone. And it's like, what the heck? And all these women are going to be disenfranchised. So I was like, no, let's do this comic that empowers them. It's tongue-in-cheek, but it's like, let's bring, let's not make it a, a nasty thing. Let's make it a fun thing. Yes, women change, but they don't change to something nasty. They, they, they bloom into a different kind of flower. And um, we were researching, and we found out that in um, East Indian cultures and, like, the Japanese culture, they really honor older people. And so women who are older in those cultures, they experience menopause, but they don't have any symptoms that are noticeable because they're really secure in their elderliness or their old, per, you know, of being an older person in the world. Um, so, like, if they, ha- they don't probably even experience hot flashes, or if they do, it's not a blip on their radar. Nothing... It like brings them down, and we and some and some scientists believe that this is because of the way they are treated, and so that it doesn't become a symptom. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot more to it, and like everybody's different. Everybody has extreme symptoms, and some people have no symptoms. But I'm basically just trying to shine a flashlight on it, and like say, you know, we're still strong women. And we could talk about it and work together and find groups together to talk about it. That if we do have symptoms, let's support each other and not just hide out in a closet and just fall apart. So that's this comic. So it's about Hot Flash. Her name is uh, Chris Jefferstein. She's basically coming out with her menopause and realizing, oh, my gosh, she has powers. And her first power is the Hot Flash power, which is like a spidey sense, and she can sense when a crime is about to happen. So she can go in, try to call 911. Let's hope she calls 911, or she might do something crazy. Stay tuned. Um, the series is now at a great turning point because now that I got back into, I mean, like I got invited into the California Initiative Outreach Program, it it helped me turn my story into what if Hot Flash, Chris Jefferson actually meets real-life superheroes, what happens? And so that's where the, <laughs> the story is unfolding right now. Like the first nine issues was her discovering she had this power, and then the re- right now we're on the, oh, my God, there's real-life superheroes, and it's really intense. <laughs> it's, it's good, but it's going to hit some isms, and it's, you know, even though it's tongue-in-cheek, we're hitting real-life stuff like ageism. Right. It's going to come up and some other stuff. And we have this ultimate boss battle that I can't wait to reveal it, but it's going to take some time. But it's involving some real-life political issues that are happening in the world, not just around menopause, and it ties it up into the story, and it's like, 
you guys are, <laughs> I can't, I'm so sad I can't talk about it right now because it is so amazing. Oh, you don't so, want to give away any of the, any of, you don't want to do any spoilers. I can't, huh? I can't, I can't give spoilers oh. because it is so amazing. I'm going to eventually turn this into a movie because it is oh. so right for it. You know what, And I want yeah. the guy, the guy that does Kick-Ass, the director for Kick-Ass, I want him to be our director. <laughs> Be perfect. Now, you know what? I've read you let me read uh the pan you know, some of the panels and it's it's you know, being an older woman myself, I it's it's awesome. I love the fact that you're you're taking on ageism because I agree. I agree wholeheartedly that you know, when you're talking about these older, wonderful, interesting women that you know, I think that's what makes them even more beautiful, honestly. Because this this ideal of beauty that we have, you know, as as youth and what, what little girls have, you know, and, and teenagers have now, it's fleeting. It's so yeah, fleeting. Totally. And and they don't understand that, that what sustains is is the just everything from the heart, everything within. That makes you beautiful because I think Kim Kardashian is one of the ugliest people I've ever seen. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sorry if that if that hurts anybody who likes the Kardashians. I have to ask, what have they done? What do they do? What, you know, what makes her beautiful? What? Because all I see is somebody who's maybe symmetrically perfect. Yeah, her face is, you know, perfect symmetry, et cetera. And, but other than that, it's, 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 you get to a point, especially when you start getting older, like we are, that you see beyond that and you see whether it's really pretty or it's not. And, and you see what's within. And I, mm-hmm. there's a lot of ugliness there. So, um, but you know what? I have to say, okay, you and I are near each other's age, and none of mm-hmm. us look like our age, and we look really, really freaking good. And I think, <laughs> I mean, luckily it's our genes, but also like we have a really good. We're we're into like exercising and like going out there and doing things and being active. Right, right. You know, um, I have to agree with you because have you seen? Have you found that occasional friend, um, you know, like high school friend on Facebook who, who they find you, and you look at them and you go, what ha- we're the same age. Well, and I'm like, I know, I know. I try not to. I try not yeah. to. <laughs> and you're going, I, what happened? Did you give up? Did you live a hard yeah. life? And and I think I think it's like what you said. We go out and we do. We Because bodies in motion, what? They tend to stay in motion. And bodies at rest tend to stay at rest. So, uh, yeah, I, and, and I love how Hot Flash is doing, you know, in the comics. She's getting out there. She's doing, you know, and she's finding her calling. I think this is going to be one of the most fun things ever. So, um, yeah, I, I can't wait for <laughs> If you guys haven't seen her, um, car, we've got the link. Like I said, we're going to put it all on the Blog Talk Radio. And you can find us at on Facebook, the Hero Initiatives Blog Talk Radio. Uh, I mean, the Hero Initiative Tribe Radio. I'm sorry. Just, you know, enter oh, Tribe Radio. Also, mm-hmm. she's the late – I am going to give a little – what do you call it? A spoiler alert. A teaser. That teaser. Yeah. <laughs> she's revealing a new, a new power, and her second power is um, memory loss. I don't know if that's the name of it, but basically <laughs> – when she, when somebody is in her aura and they're committing a crime, they forget what they're doing and why they were doing it. <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool. That's a nice. That's like Harry Potter's uh, obliviate spell. Yeah, I like exactly. that. 
Yeah, Forgeticus. <laughs> That's what I thought. Forgeticus, <laughs> as as uh, as Kevin Smith would call it, Forgeticus. So, <laughs> wow. So that now Solara was Solara is your sidekick. What is Solara? Do yeah, Solara is like. Have you guys ever seen Elementary, the um, TV show? Just a minute Anyways. of it. I have. Yeah. Okay. Well, basically, it's kind. Of, well, okay. I'm not going to use that example, but basically, Solara is really the brains. I mean, like, Hot Flash has brains, too, et cetera, but I guess Solara is the reality check. She hasn't actually been revealed as Solara right now. Her name is Jade right now, and she is the best friend of Chris. And basically, when Chris has a freak out, Solara, uh, Jade, who, a.k.a. Solara, who is younger and hasn't gone through the change yet, helps Chris figure out what's going on and normalizes it and really is supportive and like is really going out there and researching what's the best way to do things. Um, and I think there was one part where they were like, should, there was even an episode on should I go on, on med? Mm-hmm. I don't know if that came out yet, but, uh, oh yeah, it was the first, it was like issue 10 and, and uh, Hot Flash was like, no, I, I don't want to go on meds. I want to like feel, I'm not saying people shouldn't go on meds. Everybody is different. Every woman is different. But right. some people might want to like sample out what it's like just to be feeling what it is that they're going through. It depends, of course, and whatever your doctor tells you. That's my right. CYA. Right. Uh, well, we you know what? To, um, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just wondering if we were allowed to have people call in and talk or something. Absolutely, absolutely, we we can. Yeah. So if you uh if you want to call in and and uh, talk to Hot Flash, please call in. Yeah, at any time. Um, the uh, the by the way, if you are suffering through any um any of the change symptoms, I'm finding that my uh my Acupuncturist, who is also an herbalist, has helped me out a ton lately. So um, that's something to try too. <laughs> the the homeopathic way is a really good way to go if if you can find somebody who's good at it. Another remedy I find for like emotional aggression is GTA Five. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's otherwise known as Grand Theft Auto Five. You can get on your PS3 and Xbox. <laughs> Basically, uh, <laughs> me That's and my awesome. good friend Carrie from we've known each other since we were 16. We have been friends all these years, and we're gamer geeks together, and we play that game. And we oh, I'm gonna put it in the channel. We um, basically relieve our symptoms, if you will, through playing this game, and it is so hilarious. I can't even oh. I, I can't wow. tell you what a relief it is you because know, you can I do whatever you want. I haven't tried that um, yet. I, I remember playing GTA, you know, when it first came out. And, oh, yeah, it's it's crazy. You can do whatever you want, you know, things you would never do in real life. <laughs> you can you can do a GTA. I haven't tried GTA 5. That's a, you've you've never oh. paid for a hooker and then shot her to get your money back? No. <laughs> And then, really? and then yeah. ran her over, like, you know, five or six no, times. No, that's not what we do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then had the feds do. <laughs> you stolen their car. That never happens? <laughs> no, no, no. Actually, if anything, we're saving the women from the men. Because you can do whatever you want. Right. You can right. do so whatever you, can, you want. It's totally open world. So you don't have you to can, go. In fact, you can go and too. save a woman from a man beating her up. 
There you go. Yeah, you can you can beat the pimps up and man, that's so yeah, cool. Exactly. You can totally play that game however you want. I just put a link in the chat to original Gamer Girls videos and that's our videos. We have a YouTube channel oh, where wow. we post our videos of the crazy shenanigans we're up to. Um <laughs> <laughs> I mean, basically, we find the glitches in the game and just play with them. Oh and it my doesn't God. involve killing hookers. It involves just having a good time. Because, um, yeah, that was one of the reasons I didn't want to ever play GTA. And then, like, for Halloween, we played, and, oh, my word, I couldn't stop laughing. I had to pee. I think I peed my <laughs> pants once. It was just... <laughs> So, now, see, now I really want to go and get get a get GTA Five because that just oh. that sounds really fun right now. Um, and not to mention the drive. Even even if all you did was drive on that game, you know, and drive oh, crazy, yeah. it's so much fun because you know you want to do that yeah, in real totally life, weird. but you can't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's that's crazy. So, um, yeah, I think we did. We I think we met Solara once, one time, I think. Um. Yeah, she was with me at the first street fair that I met you guys at for the first time. Right, right. And, and I I'll think be that honest, was it. I'll be honest, I think uh, after seeing that street fair, I think we should put on our own eventually. Because, oh, uh, yeah, seriously. Yeah, I, I think we need, to not, we need to have less of a rave and more of an actual superhero interaction day, you know, where, you know, you're, you're doing things all superhero and not just... Um, yeah getting together and raving, you know, no yeah. offense to the people who put that on, but I was expecting a little more. So, um, and I think we could, we got some, uh, we got some, a little tiny bit of press for doing that East Bay Comic Con. Did you see that hot flash? Oh, yeah, I saw it. Awesome. Isn't that cool? Oh, yeah. Awesome. Nice that they recognized us like that. So, uh, you know, we're going to have to get ourselves out there a, a lot more. Um, the, other thing that I was thinking that we need to talk about doing besides the, the nice uh, cert class is um, getting together and dragging more people out to our um, – and Hot Flash is a really big helper with, with all of this, with the uh, our outreach days, our fourth Saturday oh. outreach days. And we've got one coming up uh, at the, the, the fourth Saturday of this month, whatever the date is on that. And if you're in the San Francisco Bay Area, you can meet Hot Flash because we usually try to make it down to Civic Center unless some big event is going on. Um, but we'll try to make it down to Civic Center. And we set up a street boutique uh, and give out free hot burritos and or soup, whichever one we feel like making. And we uh, let, the, let the homeless uh, pick out some new clothing so and some toiletries. So we're collecting for that if you're listening. We're collecting toiletries. Oh, you know what was also really good about that was the last time we did it, we had to move from the Civic Center to the Mission, and I was in full regalia costume, which I think everybody should be in. That's my two cents. But um, some of yeah, the people who had remembered the outreach were in the Civic Center, and they saw me, and they said, oh, where are you going to be today? And I said, well, I'm going to the Mission. Come to the Mission. And I went, and they showed up in the Mission. They got on the train or whatever and got there nice. because they saw me. That was okay. super impressive. It made me want to cry. That's <laughs> a, you know what? That's a really good point um, for having people wear their costumes. That's a, a really, really selling point right there for me 
um, for the outreach. So from now on, California Hero Initiative, if you're listening to this, uh, members, we uh, we should just be wearing our costumes. And that way they, they get it. They see us. They know who we are when we're walking through, you know, handing out whatever we're handing out. So it's different from being out there and trying to um, be a deterrent for crime. We don't want to be, you know, fully garbed for that. But for this, for any type of outreach, it would be great to have people costumed up. I think that I agree with that. So, and feel free to join us. Like I said, if you're listening to this and if you're in the San Francisco Bay Area, we welcome anyone who wants to join us uh, on these outreach days because an extra hand passing out burritos or soup or, or helping us to hang up clothing, that's, that's a wonderful thing to have. We get really busy out there. So, Now, Hot Flash, we've got only a few minutes left in the, um, on the show. So before we, uh, we sign off, is there anybody you want to, you know, get a shout out to, or anything else that you'd like to uh, promote while you have a chance? Um, I wanted to shout out to my mom and Frank for listening. Thank you. Awesome. Um, I was promoting that YouTube, the original Gamer Girls. You know, aside from the silly videos, there's also some serious videos. We're starting a series of isms and gaming. And basically, we have some YouTube videos about why women don't game. And um, one of them is on, like, pornography, and the other one's on, like, misgendering. So, you know, along the silliness, there's actually serious videos because we're trying to get that word out, too, about... I mean, the video games are what they are. How you use them is how you use them. But there should be some respect, too. Absolutely. Absolutely, and let's see, so if they want to get in touch with you, they can reach you through your Hot Flash um, Facebook also, can't they? Yep, I'm on Facebook, um, and then the hotflash.net um, has um, a contact info too. Okay, and Hot Flash will be in our, um, we're, the California Hero Initiative is, is just working furiously to get this this uh, documentary out by spring. Um, so spring, it's it's almost spring, but in spring, you know, early summer at the latest. Uh, and hot, you, you can find Hot Flash there too because uh, we will be in the documentary ourselves. It's called Nation of Heroes, and you can find out more about it by going to Facebook's Nation of Heroes site. And you can also find out more about that and everything Hero Initiative related by going to um HeroInitiativeGroup.com. You'll find out what we're up to and uh, what we need if you're in a very generous giving mood, especially when we do these homeless outreaches every weekend. There's there's always something. We could use blankets. We we could um, use, I'm sorry, not every weekend, once a month. We can use toiletries. If you're in a hotel and you really don't like their shampoo, take it anyway because you already paid for it. And um, you can give it to us. We can give it to someone who needs shampoo who lives out on the street. So please do not, you know, just just throw those out or do not leave them in the hotels. Take them for the California Hair Initiative. We'll do some good with them. Um, anything else that we've Did got? Did you hear that, Mom? <laughs> Did you hear that, Mom? Mom and Frank? Save those. Yeah, because she collects them a lot. Oh, she you gives do. them to me. See, there you go. That's that's how we got half of the ones that we used for Project Hope, our big 
uh, once a year superhero outreach, which you've got to go to this year, Hot Flash. It's, you would love it. You'd love all the costumes and, and the whole day of giving. And that's in San Diego in July. Um, so, yeah, that's how we got half of our toiletries was with people collecting them for us from their schools, et cetera. So uh, we are... Oh, my goodness, just a few minutes out from the rest of the show because we ended at 7.30. Even if it does say that there's 30 minutes left, it's, that's a mistake. We're not a two-hour show tonight. We're, we're our normal 90 minutes. So with that, I want to thank you, Hot Flash. Um, Thanks. So much for uh, everything you contribute to the California Hearing Initiative Outreach Team. It's fantastic, and we're looking forward to having that. We we really got to hook up with that uh, cert class. That'll be fun, especially the role playing. I know Nightbug will like <laughs> the whole role playing. You should be the guy that freaks out. That would be awesome. You're louder. You should be the person. You maybe I should be the one who freaks out because I'm really loud. Yeah. <laughs> or no, maybe Vector should do it. Maybe Vector should do it. He's very Vector good at freaking out. <laughs> That'll be great. So again, thank you very much, and uh, Solara, you. When we have Hot Flash on again, which we will, we got to get you on here too. Uh, thank you to those of you who are listening and those of you who are in the chat room and everybody who catches us on our archives, which is where we get a ton of listens. So, Ooh, yeah. hey, archive people, you're the coolest. So, <laughs> with that, everybody have a great, safe week, and we'll see you next week. Is that when we're having uh, Ira of the Virginia Hero Initiative on? That is correct. Next week we have Ira of the Hero, the Virginia Hero Initiative on, and he is going to talk to us about St. Patrick's Day. He's going to give us a St. Patrick's Day primer and how not to be a douchebag on St. Patrick's Day. So <laughs> join us for that. The guy's pretty darn funny. And with that, I want to say good night and have Nightbug take us out with our cool little outro. Hi. Thanks, everybody. Have a good one. Be your own hero. And happy Mardi Gras. Woo!